I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello and welcome back to Kinda Cute and if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan, I'm your host and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. If this is your first time tuning in, please stick around. I think you will like it here if you give yourself a chance to settle into the warm hot tub that is my pop culture thoughts. I swear it's cozy, it's nice, you're welcome here. This episode is very celebrity heavy. Sometimes on Kinda Cute, we dabble into true crime, scandals, scams, but today we've got celebrities out the wazoo and their relationships. That being said, uh, sorry it's become a habit of me to fix my previous weekend's uh, statements on the pod, but wowie was my brain so confused last week when I was talking about Jesse Metcalf. Um, I was saying that he was in How to Win a Date with Tad Hamilton with Topher Grace. That was so idiotic because How to Win a Date with Tad Hamilton does have Topher Grace, but it also has Josh Dumel and Kate Bosworth. And I was mixing that up with John Tucker Must Die, which is also a classic and Jesse Metcalf's best, most iconic work. Honestly, he should be so happy he was in that movie because I swear he'd be like a nobody if that hadn't happened for him. So now that we've cleared that up, I wanted to touch on my newest Kaler theory, which is perhaps not groundbreaking, but I think this timeline makes sense. So hear me out. Tell me if I'm just rehashing something that is completely like a duh moment for everyone else out there. And I'm referring here to the Kaler friendship, not any thoughts that they had a lesbian, bi relationship. I'm talking platonic here. So let's start at the beginning of Taylor and Carly's um, friendship, if you will. They weirdly met because... Taylor was giving an interview to Vogue and she saw a picture of Carly at the Probable Garong Studios and she said that, oh, Carly, I want to bake cookies with her. So Carly is reading Vogue like you do and saw that line in the interview and tweeted at Taylor, your kitchen or mine. So it seems inevitably like they must have baked some cookies together. And by March of 2014, they were road tripping together. Okay, so that happened, you know, the cookies, that happened back in 2012. So that's when it's thought that Kaler originally came to be. But it's also interesting because back in 2012, Carly started to date Josh Kushner, brother of Jared Kushner, who is husband to Ivanka Trump, Donald Trump's daughter. The last time that Taylor and Carly were publicly photographed together was in 2016, And this was the same year that Trump was elected. And Taylor and Carly have definitely hung out since then. And Carly attended her reputation tour in Nashville. And I believe there is a photo of them together at that that Carly posted. But I've always thought that Taylor has, you know, a lot of control over the paparazzi, as we saw with the whole Tom Hiddleston relationship, which I swear was fake. And she just manufactured that whole thing and purposely had photos taken. So I think she's very savvy when it comes to that. So 2016 was the last time they were papped by the paparazzi. And again, they so they have hung out since then. But, you know, Taylor did not attend either of Carly Kloss's weddings to Josh. And we all know that Taylor's very image conscious. And recently, she's been way more outspoken about her politics. And 
I think it really stems a lot from that. I don't think Taylor publicly wants to be tied to the Kushner family when she's coming out as, you know, so against Trump and uh, really, you know, what's the, I don't know the word for it, ch- championing, championing, how do you say that? Championing <laughs> liberal rights. So I think a lot of this has to do with the Kushners. But that being said, I actually got an ad on Facebook the other day that was Carly doing a discussion with Kamala Harris. So I think she's made it pretty evident that she votes democratically. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just making things up, but I I just think there could be something to the fact that Taylor doesn't want to publicly be seen with the wife of a Kushner and maybe in private they are still friends when Carly did her 73 questions with Vogue she did say that they were still friends and I believe that was in 2019 but the other layer of this that I can't figure out is that Carly has been hanging out with Scooter Braun and he did go to her weddings so maybe their friendship really couldn't survive that because I feel like that has to be a huge blow to Taylor with everything that's going on with the Scott Borchetta, Scooter Braun drama. And another layer to this is that the Carlisle group, which is the one that helped fund Scooter being able to buy Taylor's masters, they are a private equity firm. And there's a weird connection to the Kushners because back in 2008, the Carlisle Group invested $525 million in the company 666 Fifth Avenue, which was a Kushner company's company. So I don't know. I feel like there's a lot more going on there below the surface than you know, just a petty like, oh, they're not friends anymore. Because I was reading some articles that were saying that Taylor got pissed when Carly had people over at Taylor's house in New York, her apartment, without her knowing. I don't know. To me, it seems like there has to be more to it than that. Moving on. You guys know I love some selling sunset gossip, and the Daily Mail published this whole article that was like, shocking news, Davina is actually 42, not in her 30s. And I'm sort of just like, okay, like was she actually going around telling everyone she was in her 30s? And I have to give the girl props because she looks damn good for 42. I would have probably guessed she's in her 30s. And, you know, maybe that's why she's a little socially awkward around the other girls because she's a Gen Xer and she just doesn't understand her millennial cohorts. Like I'm not one to defend Davina, but this is making sense to me about why she just says things that are a little bit like, huh? And, you know, the fact that she grew up in Germany, there's maybe some cultural differences as well. So it kind of made me have some newfound, you know, nice feelings towards Davina. And now to swing from Gen X abruptly to Gen Z, can we talk about Jacob Elordi and Kaya Gerber? Oh my gosh, these two have just been spotted all around town. They were hanging out in Malibu, and now they're back in Manhattan. And I swear everyone and their brother has seen them out in Manhattan. But I think it's partially because Kaya Gerber has dyed pink hair right now, which isn't even good. Honestly, like Teddy Mellencamp's and her confessional is another reunion. Her pink hair looks better than Kaya Gerber, so she needs to she needs to sort that out. Uh, and then Jacob wears some kind of out there fashion choice. I mean, he always looks good because he's literally a model goddess human um, who's very tall, clearly. We had a whole part of an episode about that. He always wears a newsboy cap, 
which is just heinous. But and it makes him stand out when you have pink haired girl and a news cap hat like the masks aren't hiding who they are. You know, they also wear matching cameras like film cameras slung around them, which no shade in that. I love carrying my camera around with me when I'm in New York. There's so much good content, baby content there. But it's just a little bizarre because a little while back when we were talking about how tall Jacob Elordi is when he was photographed with Zendaya, they also wore matching cameras and were hanging out around New York City. So he clearly has like a vibe. He likes his his girl to also, you know, take film photos with him. And then I'm like, do they go to the dark room together and develop it? I mean, who knows? No, they probably take it to like the one hour photo. But, you know, it's fun to think about. And now I'm I mentioned before that I thought Jamie King, who was in the kissing booth with Jacob Elordi, they used to date. They dated for a while, actually. I'm pretty sure she is officially with Marco from Kissing Booth, too. So she gets some fine ass men, too, just like Kaya Gerber. Kaya Gerber is truly out there just sowing her wild oats all over the place. And I don't know how Randy and Cindy feel about it. I think they're probably just like, oh, my God, thank God she's not with Pete Davidson anymore. Like they are doing some Hail Marys. They are so happy. They are like throwing a party that that's my thought on that again we're very love heavy this episode I don't know that was just the vibe I think people are the celebrities they're getting very pent up feeling and they're just all like like little rabbits right now finding their new loves so people are freaking out about Zac Efron's current love life he's just chilling in Australia and you will know if you watched his Netflix show that he seemed pretty ready to leave Hollywood and Australia seems like just the kind of vibe he would like. So he met this woman named Vanessa Valadares while she was working as a server at a Byron Bay cafe. And allegedly, she's now basically his living girlfriend. Like, they spend so much time together. She's spending the night there all the time. Allegedly, she has quit her job at the cafe. And this is going to sound so terrible, but it is times like this that I really do wish I had been more, like, been born more hot than smart and I'm not saying this girl is not smart she could be brilliant I just don't think I'd be lucky enough to get both so sometimes I'm like oh yeah like if I just been hot instead of smart and as much as people (laughs) like to comment on this podcast saying I'm a you know airhead I actually am not if there's one thing I do have it's intelligence but I don't have looks so I I wouldn't mind trading it (laughs) but Plot twist, the Daily Mail says that they are already fighting. People saw them fighting at another cafe. Cafe culture is very big in Australia. So I guess for now, I'll just stick it out with not being hot and take what I can get. (laughs) But, you know, it does make you kind of daydream. Like, what if, you know, well, that would just be the life. All right, switching to Kardashians, as I'm sure anyone who cares has heard by now, Keeping Up with the Kardashians is having their last season after... 20 years um I'm sorry 14 14 years 20 seasons so I can't see here to correct me um it's sad like I haven't watched the past few seasons but weirdly I feel a void due to it so it was also just you know announced that Denise is out of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Queen Denise Richards so people are very much wanting Chris Jenner to take her place which I think anyone would agree it would be incredible she's already kind of friends with that group I think she would be a perfect fit but I think there's a couple things that at issue here I've heard rumors that part of the reasons 
there's not another season is because they were demanding too much money. So I'm not sure Bravo would even be able to pay Chris the amount she would want. The other thing is that she has always had editorial control on keeping up with the Kardashians. And we all know like the devil works hard. Chris Jenner works harder. She needs her control over her shows. And so I think that she, I don't know. I, I think she would have to have executive producing rights editorial control if she were to go on the show and I don't know if that would take away some of the the purity of it you know even though obviously it's highly produced but I just think things are different when Chris gets involved speaking of Real Housewives is anyone else so hyped for Real Housewives of Salt Lake City (laughs) on the promo they describe themselves as Mormon royalty which first what the hell is that uh b Mormon mommy mommy bloggers are just endlessly fascinating to me. So I just imagine this being kind of in the same vague vein. <laughs> Lord, guys, it's Friday. I, I don't know. But again, I wonder about the editorial control here because I feel like Mormon mommy bloggers are so edited and they're so controlled about what they show to the world that I'm really fascinated to see how they handle the Bravo edit, you know, and, and kind of how easy or hard the editors go on them. So I, I'm so excited for that that one. I will definitely be watching. In a complete non sequitur, I just wanted to share a realization last weekend that I had with you guys. It's about Anastasia and the Swan Princess, which are two animated movies that a ton of people assume are Disney movies, but they are not. But people assume this, I think, just because they are that good and the music is amazing. Well, I learned that the singing voice of both Anastasia and Odette, who is the Swan Princess, it is the same voice actor. And I don't know why that blew me away, but it did. And it's sort of like when I realized Jimmy Cooper from the OC is the voice of Hercules. Like I thought about it for days. I still think about it like on a daily basis to this day. So yeah. Do you guys remember back in episode four when I talked about John Mayer performing on cruise ships and it was called the Mayer craft. And for a few episodes, it was my life mission to DM people who had commented on the cut articles saying that they went on the cruise so that I could reach out to them and interview them for this podcast. Well, guys, I thought I was having a really full circle moment because Dumois, you know, my favorite celebrity gossip account on Instagram had some posts about the Mayorcraft. So I DM'd her and she said that she would reach out to the person who sent her the info about the Mayorcraft and give that person my info. And that way, the person who had sent it in would have, you know, the ability to contact me. And since people do those comments anonymous. That's why she couldn't just directly give me the person's contact. And I was so excited. I was like, this is it. But lo and behold, that person never reached out to me. So the search continues. If you happen to be listening and you were on the Mayorcraft, I think I have a, a, you know, slightly more listeners now than I did on episode four. Please reach out. Let me know. But at the end of the day, I was just thrilled that Dumas responded to me. I will take that small victory. And this next thing is kind of old news at this point, but poor Rob Pattinson was diagnosed with COVID. And remember when we talked about that GQ article where it seemed like he was literally having a mental breakdown in his apartment while filming Batman and was making pasta in the microwave? And maybe this was just a sign from the universe that poor Robbie just needs a rest. I mean, he just needs batman to chill for a second and focus on his imminent pasta empire so 
Maybe him getting COVID was a blessing in disguise. But speaking of pasta empires, guys, let's talk about Katie Holmes' new boo, a pasta empire heir. Was that my best segue I've ever had? Ever? I think it might be. Katie Holmes is now dating a sexy pasta scion by Madeline Agler. Katie Holmes is dating pasta royalty, it seems. In pictures posted by the Daily Mail this week, the actress was spotted dining and furiously making out with Emilio Vitolo Jr., son of Emilio Vitola Sr., owner of the Soho Italian restaurant Emilio's Bellato. As I'm sure a lot of you know, Katie Holmes was in a very private relationship with Jamie Foxx for years, and then apparently he was cheating on her a ton, and it all went to shit. So there was that. And I wanted to ask you guys another question to see if any of you have eaten at Emilio's Bellato. Is it good? There's so much really good Italian in, in New York City. And it does have four stars on Yelp, which I think means it's it's probably pretty good. And one of the cut staffers in the article said, their pasta good AF, which I mean, that's a high praise. And apparently this is a place that celebs frequent, so it might be good for some celeb spotting. Just throwing that out there to you guys. I'm definitely going to add it to my list because I love a good celebrity sighting in New York. Oh, oh, I live for that, honestly. Wow, some of my best memories. (laughs) So the Cut article also alerted me that he has acted in the past, Emilio, and he's friends with Joe and Sophia Jonas. I wonder how they know each other. And they also astutely pointed out that he looks like if Joseph Gordon-Levitt was a spicy chiseled meatball, which I agree with. He definitely looks like a little spicy Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which I think he's adorable. So Emilio can get it. Um, so then Claire Lampin did an updated story on the cut and told us the following. Until recently, Emilio was engaged for about 18 months, the Daily Mail reports. And according to the tabloid, the 33-year-old broke up with his live-in fiance, Rachel Emmons, via text right around the time that photos of Holmes and Vitolo surfaced online. What is up with people breaking up via text? That's like what we heard Justin Hartley did to Chriselle. Can, can that not be a thing anymore? That's gross. It says, up to this press coming out, Rachel had no idea what was going on. One of her friends allegedly told the Mail, adding that Emmons, 24, devoted her life to Vitolo for the roughly 3.5 years they were together. The pair even adopted a cute little dog. I saw the dog. It is very, very cute. They had concrete wedding plans in the works. Now she, Rachel, is just left with bad press and forced to move home. What's more, the Mail is also reporting that Holmes has known about Vitolo's engagements since they became friendly in October. I have to give Dumois another shout out here because I saw this hot goss there first, literally because someone took snaps of them making out and sent it to Dumois because they are making out so publicly. Like, you know how the dining's outdoors in New York right now? So they were outside of the pasta place just like getting it on. And another source said that Rachel and Emilio have actually been on the rocks for a long time and he kept trying to break up with her, but she just like wasn't getting the hint and wasn't accepting it. So that source to Dumas was kind of insinuating like no he wasn't really cheating on her it was just like she wasn't accepting that the relationship was over so I wish Rachel the best if that's true it's devastating if he broke up with her via text and even if their relationship had been on the rocks for a while I just imagine breaking off an engagement is always in some way devastating and especially then to see this very public relationship playing out with someone who's pretty a-list like Katie Holmes Uh, I have to note here that (laughs) Emilio clearly has a type 
because Rachel Def looks like Katie. They're both very, very pretty. Brunette, brown eyes, same facial similarities. Also, in the, the first pics that were released of him making out with Katie, he is wearing this dumb, dumb newsboy hat, a la Jacob Alordi. I just, I hate it. Men, please stop with the newsboy caps. Um, but I do have to say, it must be nice for Katie to be with a normie. I mean, first she had Scientologist King Cuckoo Kachoo Tom Cruise, and then she had Jamie Foxx, who insisted on keeping their relationship so, so private to the point where it, it must have been difficult. I, I, I just, maybe this will be better for her. Maybe it's a rebound. I don't know. So one of Emilio's friends, quote unquote, he doesn't sound like a great friend to me, but apparently they told the Daily Mail, he is a cheater and this isn't a happy ending story. Dun, dun, dun. So we'll see how that goes. On happier news, Actually, sadder news for me because I would love to be lounging in Zaddy David Harbour's East Village apartment. Lily Allen and David Harbour just got married in Las Vegas. And as the cut writes, Lily Allen and the Stranger Thing guy are married by Madeline Agler. Now, Maddie, that is quite a jab to David Harbour calling him a Stranger Things guy, but... I guess that is what most people know him as. The wedding was overseen by an Elvis impersonator, and right after the two enjoyed a sumptuous meal at In-N-Out Burger, which looked really delightful. I've never had an In-N-Out Burger, and now since I'm pescatarian, I guess I never will, but I would love to like to try those fries with the onions on it. Maybe someday. And it did look really cute. Her kids were there. It, it just looked very loved up. And it It says, according to People, the two were first linked in January of this year when they attended a BAFTA tea party together. In May, Alan posted pictures on Instagram in which she's wearing what appears to be an engagement ring, but the couple never officially confirmed their engagement. But this article leaves out the thing that really sparked people knowing they were together, including me. It was when David hosted an SNL show and he did a skit where he was leading a SoulCycle class. And Lily posted a screenshot of that skit on her Instagram story. And it was like a zoom in on his arms and they were looking pretty beefy. And she wrote mine. And everyone was like, oh, shit. And now, damn, she's right. He's hers. So that's all well and good and fine. And I'm I'm happy for them. But can we talk about the early 2000s atrocity that is her chunky platform shoes? Oh, guys, I they hurt my eyes. She's wearing a Dior vintage looking dress. It might be current, but it looks vintage. And she looks so happy. And again, I think it is adorable. But she ruined it with these black suede chunky heels, which I know is like her style. And I definitely owned a pair of these in the early 2000s. But it just ruined the look for me. And we talked a little while ago about the return of the Lita heels from Jeffrey Campbell. And these have a similar platform aesthetic. So maybe she's just really leaning into that vibe. I still just hope someday I can visit that East Village loft. Like, I hope they keep it. I hope I befriend them, that I can come over one day. Just putting that into the universe, you know I like to do that. Help to manifest it for me. All right, in this marathon of couples, we have one more couple to discuss today. And this article is What's This? Are Cara Delevingne and Halsey Hooking Up Now? by Claire Lampin. She writes, Unfortunately, it now seems extremely apparent that g Easy and Ashley Benson are indeed dating, and probably have been since May or so. 
disappointing given that Benson and her possible secret wife, model Cara Delevingne, had only broken up around April, about a year after buying their first sex bench together, a milestone. Now, however, a satisfying rebuttal to that G-Easy blow may be in the works. Apparently, Delevingne and singer Halsey, who just so happens to be G-Easy's ex, may be hooking up. The plot thickens. Someone told The Sun that Kara has kissed Halsey in front of friends and stuff, which is like not a big deal for either of them. They've just been having a laugh together for the last few weeks. So this person was definitely British since they said it to The Sun and said having a laugh. Just a note. <laughs> and wh- why am I so grossed out by people dating G-Eazy? It just grosses me. Remember when we briefly thought that Megan the Stallion and him were dating? And I was just horrified and I was just like, Megan, no, you are a queen. He is a jester. Don't do it. I saw this perfect tweet. It was a side by side of G Easy and Machine Gun Kelly. And it's like, why is it that one of these like ratty looking white boys I would date and the other one I'm disgusted by, referring to like Machine Gun Kelly, like he can get it, but G Easy can't? Like, why is that true? I would say objectively, G Easy is way more handsome but like give me mgk any day i think megan fox is winning here all right (laughs) and then the article told me some things i didn't really realize about why they had all this overlap so okay halsey split with g easy in october 2018 and then a few months later kara was in halsey's nightmare music video which i believe was about g easy and then a few months after that uh, she and Halsey were photographed together with Ashley at a DKNY party. And then in this, in April, Ashley and g Easy collaborated on a cover of Radiohead's Creep. So I don't know. It's all very incestuous. I don't know how g Easy keeps doing this. Does this mean Halsey and Evan Peters broke up? Like, I didn't hear anything about that. Am I really behind? I don't know. Today's legit shit. Now, it's going to take a little effort on your part, but I swear it's worth it. So there's this girl on TikTok. It's like at the jar with two R's. And she makes these really elaborate jars where she mixes together all of these snacks. I apologize if I've already mentioned this on the podcast, but I don't think I have. So we went to Target. We got a cute jar. It was like, that was probably the most expensive part because I was like 14 bucks. It's really cute though. We keep it on our counter and we just got all these snacks and we poured them in the jar and mixed them all together. We did like M&M's, goldfish, plantain chips, raisinets. And guys, I mean, it's kind of dangerous, but it's so good. And you can just put a little scooper in it and get a little snack mix, your own little trail mix whenever you want. I just highly recommend. So check it out. Try it. If you, if you make one, tell me please guys just chat with me more often follow me at bailey evan or at kind of cute podcast reach out to me and dm me you can email me leave a review subscribe if you haven't already i love talking to you guys and it doesn't happen enough and i will see you next week bye